Music scores for hit shows like This American Life and Nice White Parents are so good, but at the same time, they don't stand out. What's the secret to blending in so well while elevating the story? You better believe you're about to find out. Welcome to The Pod Lab, a podcast movement original series. I'm Doug Frazier, producer and host of NPR's What We Do. Today, we'll be talking about the DNA of the music for shows like This American Life, Serial, S-Town, and more. But before we get into that conversation with today's guest, let's check out the Pod Lab Tip of the Week. Have you ever wanted to get someone kind of famous or at least well-known on your podcast? It's easy enough to find the contact information for their agent, but how can you make your email pitch so tempting that they can't refuse your invitation? I found that there are three big asks a potential guest considers before saying yes. Time, topic, and personal gain. Time is how long the interview will take and how much preparation they'll need to do. Now, the less of this you ask, the better your odds of getting the interview. So don't leave it to your guests to have to spend hours to get ready for your interview. For the topic, make it clear, make it relevant, and make it interesting. If it's something they've already talked about at length, find a new angle. Go to YouTube, see if there are any interviews they've done before, and you can also check other podcasts as well, of course, and see what topics they've dug into because you know, if you're in their shoes and someone's pitching you, you'd want to talk about something new. You'd want it to be interesting, not just for the people listening, but for yourself. Now on to personal gain. What does the guest stand to gain from being on your podcast? Let's say your show doesn't have a huge following, so the potential guest won't be getting exposure to a large audience. But as they say, the riches are in the niches. How can you use that to your advantage? How can your potential guests benefit from getting their message to your specific listener base? Everyone's got a book or a product or service they're selling, so know that for the person you're contacting and mention it in the email pitch and connect that back to your audience. To reiterate, an interviewee considers three big asks before saying yes to your invitation. Time, topic, and personal gain. If you make all three light up as positives in the guest's mind, then you're more likely to get a yes, regardless of how well-known they may be. Oh, and one more thing. Keep your email short, sweet, and all-encompassing. Don't make them ask for clarifications. So anticipate what they might ask and have that information already in your email pitch. Because the last thing they want to do is engage in email volleyball with you. So give those details like a time frame for the interview and your availability during that time frame. Every little piece of information matters because this could be the one shot you get. Now it's time for this week's Podcast Movement Community Question. This week's question landed in the Pod Labs inbox from Garrett Webb. If you'd like to be featured on the show, send your question to thepodlabpodcast at gmail.com. Garrett writes, What's the secret sauce for composing music for narrative podcasts? For the answer, let's chat with Matt McGinley. Now, you may know Matt as the co-founder and drummer for a little band called Gym Class Heroes. Or some of you may be too young and have no idea who that is. But nowadays, Matt composes music for hit shows like Nice White Parents, S-Town, This American Life, Serial, and plenty more. Please pardon the background noise here. This interview was recorded on location at the Gaylord Hotel in Nashville. 
the idea is it just kind of treads water and doesn't pull focus from the narration or the story. Sort of music that's emotionally neutral. Uh, it's not excessively happy or necessarily sad or suspenseful. I usually think of an ideal piece of music for a podcast as being in two halves. So the front half, which is this, um, you know, emotionally neutral, easy to talk over idea, it usually starts with a static or singular instrument. Then maybe a melodic element will join in. Um, but really, all that's trying to do is just create a nice bed that's going to move the listener through the story and not pull focus from the story. The back half, that's where it can be a bit of a banger. You know, you can show more personality there. And uh, oftentimes what happens is the music will enter underneath the dialogue. And then at some meaningful moment in the script, the music will swell up into the clear for five or six seconds uh, to sort of underline what's just been said. I think of this as like kind of like the mic drop moment. Um, so when I'm writing a piece of music, I feel like it's most beneficial if I can give the production team on a single song two types of uses, the treading water section and then the kind of mic drop moment. How much do you know about the, the section that you're going to be scoring before you actually go compose? Do you get to hear the audio first or do they just give you a general sense of like, okay, we're building to a percent crescendo here because of it's, it's the end of act one or whatever you may be doing. How do they do that? I'm so glad you asked that question because it's, it's really different than like scoring for film or television where you're isolating, you're spotting this moment and then you're writing a piece of score around that particular moment. With the shows I tend to work on, um, I guess I'm writing more generally than that. It's very rare that I write to a specific moment in the episode. Oftentimes, it's sort of a timing thing in that the episode might not even fully come together um, prior. Occasionally, we've worked that way on special segments. There was a, a segment on This American Life that Robin Simeon produced around the Parkland shooting. Um, that, because of the uh, craziness that was happening with Judge Kavanaugh that week the show ended up getting pushed back an additional week and so there was time to go in and spot moments and write specifically around the stuff which I think was a good situation to be in especially for such a complicated sensitive topic like that but sorry back to your question it's it's very rare that I'm writing for a specific moment every song's different of course but there is a similar structure. Again, two minutes, um, there's gonna be a defined beginning, middle, and end, no fade outs or anything like that. There's gonna be uh, at least one variation on the main theme. There's gonna be probably a rise or a dramatic pause or something. Um, so there's these features that are very consistent across each piece of music. Uh, sections that can be vamped on or easily looped by whoever's mixing the show, and then it's up to the show's mix engineer or uh, production team where each piece of music gets, you know, mixed into the show. Having done this for five or six years now, do you still listen to the episodes that your music is in? I, I hate saying this, but like, I typically, I do listen to the episodes, but it takes me a while, and I don't know why that is. It, there's, there's something that I find emotionally uh not emotionally draining but 
it's it's tough for me. And even like if we're gonna take it way back to gym class heroes days, I never listened to the records. I never listened to interviews. I never read interviews that we had given. I think I like burying my head in the work and then dis disassociating from how the work is being used. Yeah. Um, which which isn't a discredit on the shows that I've worked for. Every every single time I, I hear a piece of my music scored into an episode, it, it moves me emotionally. It's very, very creatively satisfying. It's so meaningful to create music that enables such beautiful stories to be told. It's something wrong with my brain. I don't know why I don't listen to the shows immediately. That That's not the case for everything. Shows like um, sometimes like the one-offs that I've been a part of, like season three of Serial. Um, I was just glued to it every every time an episode would come out. Um, you know, nice white parents, same thing. So it's a it's a case by case thing. Do you find yourself when you're actually listening to those episodes with your music that you're distracted and you're looking at your own work, or have you gotten enough distance that your own work then becomes something else and something that you can actually like? see as a piece outside of yourself it's it's weird it almost feels like the work feels like at the point that i deliver it to typically stone nelson who's the mix engineer at this american life it becomes a collaboration at that point i mean even prior to then stowe and i are working through rounds of revisions so it's not like here's a piece of music fired off great this is awesome you're a genius it's very rarely does the word genius get brought into it. Sorry. Um, but yeah, typically each one of these songs goes through a few rounds of notes and feedback and revisions until it's like, okay, cool, we've got it. It's like thrilling when when I hear a piece of my music and it's like it's scored into just the perfect spot. It's mm. like it literally makes me want to do like a touchdown, like end zone dance. It's like it's such a wonderful feeling and it's so interesting because even you know with the experience of being part of a band that had some degree of success I never felt as creatively satisfied as I've felt putting my music to other people's stories mm. it's just you know it's it's such a wonderful feeling what tips do you have for people who may be looking to create music for their own podcasts? You know, you don't have to be uh, Hans Zimmer to put music in, into your episodes. If it pleases you, then it's the right piece. I wouldn't stress about inexperience. I almost never feel like I know what I'm doing. So, yeah, practicing, developing, uh, identifying, you know, thinking about what role you want music to play in telling the story. That does it for this week at the Pod Lab. If you'd like to be featured on a future episode, send your questions to thepodlabpodcast at gmail.com. And when you get a moment, would you mind leaving an honest review? It really helps other listeners discover the show. Until next time, keep experimenting. The Pod Lab is a podcast movement original series produced and hosted by me, Doug Frazier. <laughs>